Talk to me about your uh, your development background. Kind of where did it start, and what was the inspiration to start development behind this game? Two years ago or so, I wanted to create a game in Unity, and then my father said, uh, "If we make it in Unreal, we can do it together." Yeah, so I've I've done uh, a lot of different games. I've started in the industry in '94 in Funcom, and then had my own studio in Artplant, and sold that off four years ago. Uh, and then Patrick was starting to do like an Unreal and a Unity game about this idea that we've talked about for some time. And I kind of wanted to learn Unreal because I had never done a game in that before, and I was kind of itching to get back into programming. So so that's kind of like what it's just started as like if you do it in Unreal, we can do it together, and we'll make a prototype just for fun and uh, that's that's how it all all began so with this specific game it's a social deduction game right and in that genre i think the dominating game itself is among us and that's kind of the blueprint for a lot of titles that fall that fall around it within the genre so i guess for this game specifically kind of walk me through some of the key differences between this game and others within its genre and kind of what sets it apart from or what makes it unique in that sense yeah, so the survival aspect is the main thing that separates it, but uh, it's also the fact that you really have to cooperate, like uh, making food, doing the activities such as starting the fireplace. If you don't cooperate, it won't work. But like in Among Us, you can do the task uh, separately. So we, we we started this development game of this game before anyone heard of uh, Among Us, and and our, our goal was really to create like a super social deduction game. Yeah. We played like a lot of mafia in our family. Patrick can <laughs> attest to this. Like each like family dinners, mm -hmm. no, no, like birthday parties and stuff. <laughs> uh, we would do ma uh, mafia. I don't know if you know mafia, the card game. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I would always be the narrator, and all the nieces and siblings would sit there, and I would. I would always like always paint out the murders. It's like, but he doesn't wake up because he was and all the kids. Were, ah, I thought it was super cool. And mm. uh, my brothers and sisters were looking at it a bit strangely. Like, so yeah, we've we've always had like love social uh, deduction game. Uh, mm. But the, the the thing that we wanted to bring to it is this survival element where you have to work together to survive. You can't just uh, win on your own. You're you need the other people. But then at the same time having this like uh, uncertainty about. Uh, who you can trust, who you can't, and I think of, obviously, we sh being a social deduction game, we do share some key elements with Among Us, but there are some other elements that we don't share, and you know, I think that makes it more interesting and unique. And but we also see that you know, people are the first time they're playing, it's like, oh, this isn't exactly like Among Us, and then they like when you uh, vote someone, but you you aren't told if you actually found the killer or not. So everyone is like, because in Among Us you found them, and then the, the game is over. But in our game, it's kind of like, yeah, you voted someone, and you. you you get noted that yeah he voted out and then you don't know and people are like yeah, i'm quite sure it's him mm -hmm. and it creates like this extra tension and there's even like you can start a vote which says the killer is dead and then if that's right you know the game ends and you win but then if you don't uh, then everyone dies and the killer wins there's quite a little different things uh, like this but i would say that the social element is the big uh, change. Talk to me about how matches are structured, how teamwork plays into that. And I guess the other question would be, is there just the one game mode or with, or are there multiple? So you can play with bots, but uh, it's really not recommended uh, to play as a single player game. It's more like a way to try the mechanics and elements alone. 
just like a training ground. So it's uh, basically just uh, one mode, yes. And what, what happens in the game is that you're kind of like this survivor from uh, Bus Crash. You start off in the Norwegian, of course, wilderness, and it's freezing cold, uh, and your group has to find a way to survive together. Uh, and like quite close, you find a cabin, uh, but then you have uh, survival elements such as you'll get hungry, you'll get thirsty, you'll get cold, and you'll also get sleepy. So you'll have to find the different resources and work together to make sure uh, that uh, you survive these elements. And, th and that is like very much about, you know, exploring map looting and then sharing the things that you've found. How big is the map? It's not that big. We didn't mm. want it to be like, really what we want us to do is to have this structure where you have the cabin as the main point where you meet. Yeah. And then you go out, to loot, come back. So it was really important to have this thing where people are alone, they do things, but then they come back to the group, both you know, to have a way for the killer to, get, to set yeah. up cool uh, kills, but also in, to make sure that the social elements and things like that mm -hmm. uh, are, are working. When you're designing a game like this, you'd mentioned you know you have to have that element where they are alone but then they come back to this social situation so what's the challenge in kind of developing a map structured like that yeah no i think it's making sure that there's enough interesting things to do and then that you can do it as alone but at the same time making sure that there are things that you are cooperating about outside of the cabin like one of the things we have there's there's this island that you can get to uh, using a water raft but this water raft it has a pump you should really be using a two-man pump uh, to, to traverse to oh, the other okay. side of the island. So then it's like, yeah, you should go two persons there. Uh, then typically like, I'm going with Patrick. If I don't get back from the island, Patrick is the killer. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of the games, like making sure that you have this element that requires more people. And then being sure that you talk about it and communicate it with the whole group so that they have the info for what's happening. You mentioned you can play with bots. So with a game like this that has a heavy emphasis on kind of that teamwork and there's a chat element to it how does that specifically how does that work if you're playing with bots rather than other people so the bots just do tasks uh, very simply they go around and loot and uh, they can start a fireplace and just basic stuff that you will never get the true social aspect playing with bots they can't become the killer though Mm. And if they are the killer, they will eventually try to hunt it down. So with the bots, it's a fairly new thing that we added to the game. Mm -hmm. uh, and the main reason why we added it was for people who wanted to try out the game and just see what the game mechanics are. It's a way for them to do that. So, so like Patrick said, it doesn't capture the social reduction element of the game. But one thing that is, it, it's, it's interesting, is like if you're playing with one friend or two friends, mm -hmm. then it's nice to add a couple of bots because it makes it more interesting because then I don't know if he's the if he's the killer or the other one or if one of the bots. So then you get kind of like the social reduction between your friends. So yeah, improving the bots is something that we also, like I said, it's a fairly new addition. So there'll be updates and improvements to it so that it'll play even smarter, but it'll never like truly capture. With that in mind, you know, this game is pretty heavily focused would you say on a multiplayer element or would you or how does that is that structured exactly can you pull in other members through a lobby or do you have to have invites kind of how does that structure work when you're building your um, i guess you could say team lobby mode is uh, like in among us mm -hmm. you have a public lobbies and private lobbies walk me through the challenge in developing a uh, multiplayer game that has, you know, you have to focus on the stability issues, the bug issues. You can have people trying to hack into your lobbies and do things of that nature. I don't know if that's something specifically I would 
say that's more geared towards higher up FPS shooters, but other multiplayer games still do have to deal with some similar issues focused around that. So kind of talk to me about that one. There's there's never going to be a killer of the Cabin eSport, mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so you know, if you're cheating in killer of the Cabin, then yeah, you're a very sad person. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, and, and I don't think we've, it's, we don't have had any issues uh, with that one just yet. Uh, but uh, we've kind of made in the game uh, game mechanics to make sure that the player behaves in ways that they should like mm. because when you're not the killer you, you still have the ability all the same abilities that the killers does yeah so like one one of our fears was that you know we would have trolls going uh, yeah and, and also like people who are starting a game and quitting if they're not the killer and these kinds of things so the game public games have a karma uh, mm. setting so that if you don't behave in the way we say that you should be playing. You don't follow, abide by the rule. You kind of get a karma hit. And okay. Karma affects your ability to become like a killer as well. So, would you compare that to like I think Black Ops Three had a mode where if you black you're backed out of your matches early, you wouldn't be able to. If you X amount of times did it, then you wouldn't be able to log in for X amount of time, something like that. Yeah. So it's 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 it's, it's a feature very similar to this, like okay. making sure that you have mechanics in the game to make sure that people are playing the way they should be. Mm -hmm. uh, but then in private games. Uh, people are allowed to do whatever they want. It's the uh, Wild West at that point. Yeah, it's like some people they just like go in like, hey, let's just all try to kill each other as quickly as possible. And, yeah. You know, when they are a group of friends, who are we to say that? We briefly kind of grazed over the looting and like the survival aspect of the game. Can you kind of dive into that a little bit more for me? Kind of uh, touch on that a little bit in more detail. Obviously, the main the main thing in the game is getting enough food. I think that's the biggest challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, whenever you create food or make food, you have to make it in huge uh, batches. So uh, you have to, as the group, go out and gather all the ingredients. And then one person will make the whole batch. So that person gets like eight of muffins or whatever. So you really have to cooperate. That's like one of the thing in the, in the core pillar of the game, right? Mm. You're going around, you're looting, but the stuff that you're finding is different things. So you'll have this like, oh, I'm missing a flower. Does anyone have flour? And then you'll be sharing resources. And then once you make food, it's not for you, it's for everyone. And then hopefully no one has poisoned any of the ingredients, right? <laughs> gotcha, uh, okay. So that's that's that around food. And a lot of it is about looting, but we also have uh, fishing in the game. And there's also some wolves uh, that can give you meat. Yeah. Uh, but they're quite dangerous. So uh, I wouldn't recommend fist fighting them. Which, which is still a lot of people still <laughs> to try to do. Uh, Sounds right. And then there's water. So you'll uh, you'll find like uh, bottles, and there is this well where you can refill the bottle. Yeah. And again, you kind of need two persons to stand and pump, and then get the water, and then you can uh, drink the water. And then there is temperature. Like if you go out at night or mm. when it's cold, then you'll gradually lose temperature you don't have but, like uh, different climates do you in this game where it changes like it's raining it's snowing things like that it's all just one base climate whereas day and night it's day and night and then the climate changes so, oh okay all that, all that affects like the current temperature so like in the top right corner you'll see like uh, uh what time it is what the current temperature is mm -hmm. it's in celsius sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're the only uh, ones who is not in so that's our fault not yours <laughs> 
yeah so if it's if it's zero that's when it uh, water freezes that's cold <laughs> so yeah you want to like pay a bit attention like when you go out and what the weather is like gotcha but one one of the one of the things you want to be doing is getting the fireplace going uh in the cabin so then you'll need logs and you need matches you need to keep it it going so that's that's like the third survival stat and the last yeah. one is uh fatigue right Okay. And, uh, I was going to ask you about that because you mentioned people get tired. Does that mean you have to sleep in the game or how does that work? Exactly. Okay. Uh, you have to sleep. So there's like four beds. Mm -hmm. uh, and you go and you sleep. And then it's like you get uh, uh, this dark screen, mm -hmm. the countdown, uh, and your mic is muted. Uh, because like the, we have, I don't think we talked about this, because today we have in-game chat that you can talk with everyone. Mm -hmm. And it's tied up to different gameplay elements. So like one of them is that when you're sleeping, you can't talk. And okay. You can listen to what everyone else is saying, but you can't talk yourself. So it's mm. kind of dark. You mm. can see a bit what's happening, but it's kind of dark. And you can't do anything. And you're, there's a countdown for how when you will wake up. And then you suddenly see someone walking into the bedroom. Mm -hmm. and, and he's leaning over you. And it's like, okay. And then suddenly you are in the graveyard where you can spectate the other players. But uh, yeah, your time uh, time is up. So that's that's a really tense moment mm -hmm. and a super fun way to, to take out the players. You mentioned in-game chat. That's a perfect transition. So talk to me about how the chat within the game works. And then kind of we'll, uh, we'll bring branch out into proximity chat from there. You have uh, voice chats and there are different uh, options. You can have proximity or normal and it's tied up to the game ailments mm -hmm. such that if you get hit or damaged, uh, you will be muted. Otherwise you could just yell out, this is the killer, mm -hmm. he's hitting me. <laughs> and so uh, the proximity chat, something we added quite recently mm -hmm. because like everyone was asking for it. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's uh, not really the vision we had, but we decided to add it anyways, because everyone was asking for it. I guess when you're playing game modes between your initial version of chat, which was just in-game chat, and then proximity, my thought when I saw this was, is there really that much of a difference between the two? I guess there probably would be, but you guys would know this in much better detail. So can you kind of walk me through exactly how that changes the game modes themselves and and how it impacts overall play. So I think like like Patrick said, our vision was to have like more a group chat. So mm -hmm. because so much of it is about being social, about sharing information. Yeah. Uh, uh, like we talked about uh, when you were sleeping, right? You're, you're very vulnerable. So you'd maybe say like, okay, I'm going up. Can someone make sure that someone don't come, uh, come uh, and, and kill me and these kinds of things. So that's mm -hmm. sharing of information and having that kind of and knowledge it's it's like for us a very important part of the game but another thing uh, that we wanted with this game was also that it should be a game that you play with your friends and talk about everything besides the game uh, so you're like you're just walking around doing the survival thing but then you're kind of like oh uh, i'm dating this new girl and you're like yeah or, or like there's yeah. other things happening outside that you're talking about yeah it's, it's kind of so it, like having this our mix kind of like uh, it's mixed between uh, social deduction, a survival game, and then just like a Discord a group chat mm -hmm. uh, thing. Yeah. So that's, that was kind of uh, our main vision, I think, how we think uh, the game should be played. But like Patrick said, so many people were asking for it. And I think make any game, but mm -hmm. especially non-glide game where you have a community, is actually listening to them and adding the things that they are um, yeah. are asking for. Uh, even when you know <laughs> you don't necessarily 
think that you know that was uh, what you were doing. Uh, not that many people use the proximity. They still mm. think like uh, the group chat is the best way to play for most people. Uh, yeah. But what we found is that there's a lot of people who like to stream this game. And uh, you know, it's it's comes across quite uh, funny on, on streams. And for them, uh, they are having more like a discussion with their audience uh, yeah. more than the people in their game. So they don't want to like talk about uh, yeah, what did you have for dinner with, <laughs> with the people that they're playing with. They okay. want to have like that conversation with uh, their audience and they don't they don't want a lot of people talking at the same time. So I think there the fact that you know when you, you just hear someone when they're close to you, uh, that creates mm. a, a, a better streaming experience for a lot of people. And it also like but it do changes some of the dynamics of, like uh, who has information so it's 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 a different thing so mm. yeah i think having it as an option uh, was, was a good choice you know it's interesting how streaming has changed kind of development as a whole over the last few years it's just one of the small details right there with proximity chat though you know it's something that i myself have never specifically worked in so is it something that is challenging to bring into your game kind of from a development side of things how is that how, what kind of obstacles come into play when you're doing something like that it's not a major update, mm -hmm. but we did have to rewrite the part where we have a VBOX mm -hmm. to support this option. Okay, so it's essentially like a radius, and then you just have to write that into your code. Yes. Okay, gotcha. But, uh, but at the same time, voice is one of the things where we've had the most bugs, probably. And we'd have, we'd have had a fair share of bugs in the game, so especially like when releasing it in early access. And with voice, that's one of the things that we always have been struggling and getting issues with. Uh, so when we added it, we really used quite a lot of time debugging and checking that uh, we weren't creating uh, more problems uh, with it. Logistically, that probably has the most moving parts out of everything within your game. So that does make a lot of sense. Right. And, uh, and like there's things like, you know, when we started this call here, like, you know, which which device are you using and which yeah. one does have quality uh, sound? And yeah, there's there's so many things still uh, with this. Because your game is only, it's only PC at this point. Is it controller compatible or is it not controller compatible? It's not really controller compatible. You yeah. can actually use, you can move around yeah. and do some of the actions. And we are planning to do an update where we map it okay. uh, better. Probably like... Uh, probably like the menus will be mouse. I've always but, heard uh, that if you do controller mapping after you fully finish your game, it's a nightmare. Okay, and you've been in development for a while, so I'm sure. Can you attest to that? Yeah, it's it's the GUI part, right? Yeah. Uh, because like actual movements and uh, making sure that you you map out the keys, mm -hmm. that's typically not that hard. But actually getting so that the different GUI elements are nice to uh, navigate and also the way that they work together. Uh, yeah, if you don't plan that from day one, then it is a nightmare. So that's why I think most games like us end up with the, like a mix uh, mm -hmm. thing where you can use your mouse. Uh, keyboard for most things but then like when you have to do some menu things you switch over to your mouse which is like the best thing but it's it's it works right yeah i think with this game specifically have you guys considered bringing in how long is your mode right now is it like eight minutes five minutes kind of what's the uh what's the time range for you guys so one game lasts up to 50 you, you can actually set this in the settings uh like you can choose how long you want oh okay to be, but 
the uh, the suggested time, which we think is like the ideal time, is fifteen minutes. Gotcha. Okay. So with that in mind, have you guys ever considered bringing in like different modes outside of the one you have right now? Have you considered bringing in a story to the game itself, or is that not the identity behind this? You want to keep it focused on that kind of deduction that what you have it as right now. You want to keep it in that core element. We do not want to add a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to fully focus on the multiplayer social aspect. It's not really a single-player game. Yeah. So with that, I mean, would there ever be other modes kind of centered around that kind of social deduction, or is it just kind of focused all in on this one? I think we'll always focus on being social deduction and and, and an online multiplayer game, but probably one of the things that we'll do is to, and that we know we've done so far as well, adding elements that can uh, mix things up and create like a, a different uh, elements uh, okay. to it uh, so that uh, it changes the experience a bit mm-hmm. and gives them some different ways to play but uh, yeah but still in the realm of like we're not going to make a new new game in our game uh, <laughs> that makes sense so looking back right you guys are a month past launch at this point yeah i think uh, we 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 did like worked on the prototype for like a year. Mm-hmm. That was also like learning uh, on real life, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it initially we were just planning to make uh, a prototype of this uh, and learn uh, and learn it. But then once we had the prototype ready, it was like, yeah, this is so much fun. We need <laughs> to make this into actual commercial game. Then we used like a year to like make the art look good and uh, improve the play and all these kinds of things, and released it in early access in November. And then it's been a little over half a year since, uh, mm. I guess it was half a year in, in, in early access. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we released it for full access about a month ago. So with that in mind, kind of with player feedback from early access to now, with just kind of looking back over that full development schedule, over kind of where you first envisioned it to where it is now, what, if anything, kind of would you guys look at and tweak or change or, or approach differently when it comes to that development and that that early access release and then that full release later down the road? So we're really happy with uh, the way we decided to develop it. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the feedback, uh, in early access, we had a lot of feedback on bugs, uh, which we have now had uh, several iterations and fixed. Uh, so the feedback is much more uh, good now. Okay, so essentially, I know a lot of games, or I, I guess I shouldn't say a lot of games, with some developers, when they launch their game, a lot of people tune in and they want to say, you know, we, we should change this element or, or tweak this or, or make this different. And with the proximity chat, that was a feature for you guys. But was there anything else that kind of popped out as people wanted to see something different within the game or were they kind of more focused on just that? And again, you guys are only a couple months in, but they really just wanted to focus on the proximity chat and then just tweaking some of the bugs within the game itself. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I've had games where I developed before when you kind of like see that, you know, oh, there's like this element uh, where everyone wants that and it was a blind side for mm-hmm. us and we just have to move around quickly and try to, to fix that. Yeah. Uh, like I remember I made this one space game uh, and we've kind of simplified traveling between uh, solar systems mm-hmm. and the feedback was like being a truck driver in space is what's important to me and if you when you remove this it's like you're killing my suspension but yeah i think with this game we didn't we didn't have this we had like a vision for what we wanted to create with this mix of survival social and uh and social deduction and i think people 
you're like, yeah, okay, this was an interesting take and really have a, it's a different way to play and people are really enjoying themselves. So yeah, I'm super proud and happy. Good. How we that. Yeah, no, that's really good. Cause I know a lot of times or there can be that issue where you have to really evolve your game after launch to kind of satisfy a player base. And I think it's something that developers can go one of two ways on. You can focus on that vision. You can say, no, that's not what we're looking for, or you can bring it in. And I think that's something that I wouldn't say younger versus older, but I would say veteran developers kind of understand that if you don't listen to your player base, your game's not going anywhere. Um, I guess that's more of a statement more than anything, but it's just, it's, <laughs> it's interesting to see that dynamic. Yeah, no, I, I guess it was the question in that, but I'll answer it anyway. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you, but it's, it's kind of like, it is also the, the like the dilemma of being a creator, yeah. because I think it is important that you have a vision of creating something mm. that, you know, this is what I wanted to do. This is the idea that we had, and these yeah. are the things that we thought are cool. Uh, and uh, and kind of like if you just create like people what people are expecting, then mm. you know you're just creating a clone of someone else's game, and that yeah. game already exists and has a player base and probably had a bigger budget. So <laughs> why would you? Yep. Uh, so, but I think as at the same time when when you go into live. That's kind of like, okay, this is our vision. This is what we created. And then you see, oh, this was interesting. I like this. And people are coming in. And then they, they start saying like, yeah, this is cool, but... Mm -hmm. And then you have to listen to the buts because... And especially like when there's more people saying the same thing, yeah. uh, you should be listening to what you're saying. And I think very often as a developer, um, you should treat it as information that something can be better in your game. Mm -hmm. Very very often it's, it's kind of like... Uh, what, like constructive be, criticism might, versus full-on criticism? Yeah, but the, the things that they are suggesting might not be the right thing to do mm. because you kind of have the whole game uh, and you see how the elements map out. It's like, yeah, that wouldn't actually work. But mm. what they are complaining about is like, maybe they complain, like one one complaint, some, some people said that you no, know, once you get killed, we announced 30 seconds after the death, we announced the death, and we also announced how they were death killed. Okay. So it's kind of like uh, the killer was, po no, no, Patrick was poisoned, or mm -hmm. Patrick was killed in, and I strangled in his sleep, or this kind of thing. And then we got like feedback saying like, oh, can you turn this off? Mm. And we're like, but the whole point of our game is for you to discuss like who had poison, who did this, who did yeah. this. It's like, okay, but what are they really saying? It's like, yeah, it's that it's too difficult right now to be the killer. So we need to add like a couple of more elements for you to kill and do these kinds of, but them saying and complaining about this, it's like there are elements in the game that could be better. And, yeah. uh, and working with the, working with your player base and finding those things is how you make a game go from good to great. No, that's a great point. And I think a lot of, I forget which developer I heard this from, but they said players love new, but they hate it at the same time. So there's always that balancing act between that because they always want to see something, but then when they get it, it's like, well, this isn't what I'm used to or what I expect. So there's always that kind of learning curve when it comes to a player base. But with that in mind, um, I think the next step would be your games on PC right now. You'd mentioned bringing in controller compatibility down the road um so does that mean you guys want to port this game or is it always going to be a pc uh so we're probably just going to focus fully on the pc so yeah, at least at least for at least for now well, i know we'd love to do a console version eventually mm -hmm. uh but i i think you know our focus now is making sure that uh, our pc players have the best experience that they can have mm -hmm. and then you know if the game 
continues to grow and expand, then there's a desire for a console port then made it in Unreal and it would be super sweet to, to do that. Uh, but I, here at least. I have to ask. So you'd mentioned, you know, you made the game in Unreal because you hadn't had the, I guess, the, the level of experience in it. So you wanted to focus on that just to kind of just get that experience. Outside of that, though, was there another reason that you wanted to make this game in that engine or was there like a strategy that kind of made it more realistic to make it within that like instead of unity or uh, game makers not an option for this one but was there kind of a reason behind that outside of that not really because we're going to do a prototype right mm. <laughs> so and, and throw away but unreal is the perfect engine for this game uh so you know uh, we were lucky in that sense because mm. you know, it's really great at making uh making you know this 3d uh, multiplayer setup and there's so many things that comes out of the box uh and, and ready to use in my former studio if we if we created this game like during our block and load dates this game would have required like a bigger team and several years to make yeah uh, whereas, you know, doing it unreal made us like a father and his son were able to do like a super a quite advanced online uh, 3d multiplayer game mm. that's amazing <laughs> so uh, so yeah a real definitely a fantastic uh, fantastic engine to work with so i guess a question for you then specifically as somebody who's been in the industry for for a good amount of time looking back on development before engines, I guess, because that's only something that's been around for like maybe 15, 20 years at this point. So I asked a developer this a couple of weeks back and he said it's easier, but it's harder because it's easier. So back then making games to now making games kind of, is it easier to make games now? And kind of what's the approach in development? How does that differ from then to, to at this point? And it's definitely a lot easier to make games now. Uh, it's, but is it because uh, but, uh, is because there's so much more that you have to take on at this point with engines and learning and plugins and I guess I'm playing devil's advocate here because you're probably you're but, definitely right. Yeah, but yeah, it, it, it's of course what you what you compare against, like you mm -hmm. know, if making Snake versus uh, Killer in the Cabin. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was easier to make Snake back in the days. Maybe not actually. Yeah. So uh, because I remember, like we did uh, when we did Project IGI and Sega Extreme Sports and these kinds of things on just uh, around 2000. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we created our own 3D engines, uh, and basically, you know there was very few people that were able to do it yeah uh, and uh, if you develop the game and you manage to complete it and and get it on a cd disc then you were quite certain that you would sell quite a few thousand copies almost no matter what you put on the disc mm -hmm. right so the, the the challenge has really changed in the sense that there's so many incredibly awesome, fantastic, cool games being made. Mm. And that, that, of course, makes the challenge very different being a developer because you have to create something that stands out and that's super fun to play and, uh, and bring something different. And then you have to create in a market where there's tons of games that yeah. stand out, are unique, and are super fun to play. Uh, so, so yeah, finding your audience and, and making sure that it's uh, successful hits is definitely a mm. lot uh, lot harder but uh... another question comes to mind then with games before everything transferred over to digital downloads right so i guess back in the day with ps2 games you would buy the game plug it in 
and that's it. You're done. You know, there's no updates. There's no nothing from there from that point on. So from that to this, a lot of developers I've talked to, and I guess these would be, it's a varied audience. So I would say some of them were older. Some of them have that experience in that industry to now. I kind of got mixed opinions on the, on the, I guess, point of view that games back in the day they would say you put more effort and emphasis into making them a finished, polished product that people would play. As to now, you launch, there's so much pressure and emphasis on a specific release date. These projects are bigger than they've ever been at this point. So at this point, they'll launch it and then they'll fix it as they go. So not necessarily that final polished product that you would have launched, say, 10, 15 years ago. So kind of what would your opinion be on that one, kind of as a developer who's been in the industry for a little bit? Well, I do remember like the nervousness of having a game being printed. Like mm-hmm. there's there's hundred thousand copies of this game being printed onto CD. Yeah. And I remember I'd, I'd have like nightmares, like waking up and like, imagine if there's a crash bug we haven't found. Mm-hmm. There's no way we can patch it. There's yeah. no way we can update it. So it, of course, meant that, you know, we were looking a lot harder to make sure that that didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, so, so of course, QA was much more rigorous. Mm-hmm. And also, like, when you made the, made the game, that was it. So you moved on to, to, something, uh, to something new. But, but that's all changed. And there's... Yeah. That's... That's that's a different different world, and I think it definitely had some some uh, some good things with it, like mm. playing a game, having the experience, moving on, playing a new one. Like whereas now people find like one game, they really love that game, and they continue playing it for how many years have you been playing League? <laughs> it's like yeah, you know, uh, it's it sticks with you, uh, and players not necessarily pick up that many new ones. So there's a change among players as well about how yeah. they consume uh, games. But in terms for a developer, I think yeah, being done with the game and then moving on to something new that that had this it's a positive thing. But it is also nice being able to kind of launch the game a bit earlier, get more feedback, yeah. actually work with the community, making sure that this is the right game for them. Having people who's kind of like fan of this game being involved in the development and making sure that they give their feedback, assuring that, you know, uh, helping the developers uh, mm-hmm. create the best version of their games. Uh, so because like if 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 you like use all your development money and then launch the game and then then some developers say then the, the players come in and say like oh this game doesn't offer me the ability to be a truck driver in space this is what i wanted then it's like oh <laughs> yep no i completely get that i guess so with that in mind for you guys kind of one of the last questions i'll be asking you this is the first game you developed as together correct you this was there was nothing else before this this was kind of your first project yeah, this is worse than Patrick program. So, so yes. Perfect. Okay. So <laughs> it was kind of like me trying to, you know, I've taught him how to swim and bicycle <laughs> and read and these kinds of things. So I don't think yeah. as a father, the next thing was kind of like teaching him how to write uh, stable, nice code that's well documented. <laughs> and that's kind of like the, the next, next uh, step to it. So yeah. It's, I guess I'll add to the question then. So Patrick, for you, since this is the first game you've developed, Kind of, what's your experience with that? Is it? It's got to be very different as an experience to from playing a game to you're completely building it from the ground up. So, is it as enjoyable as you thought it would be? Is it something you guys are going to keep doing? 
Yeah, it was very enjoyable, but it's also a lot of uh, stress mm. fixing uh, insane bugs. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so for the road ahead, uh, I'm not really sure what I'm going to be doing, uh, but it was really enjoyable making this game. Mm. So perhaps uh, I'll do it sooner, later. Yeah, because like you're doing your... Your master's master's degree now in the university right so, uh, yeah. okay because yeah that was gonna be my follow-up question if you guys were gonna make another game after this but i guess right now that's kind of up in the air correct yeah i, I know yeah I'll, I'll definitely create uh more games in the future and uh would it I'd, be uh, would it be under the same studio name or kind of a solo thing yeah it would be under the same like this this is kind of like where it'll be developing games uh, forward so yeah that de definitely social deduction uh, or different what do you think uh i i, I don't no know idea i at think, this point <laughs> no but that my main experience is around creating social online and also competitive online games so that's probably things where i i think I like to create games where the player are in focus and giving them the ability to create their own stories and their own uh, own uh, setups. I'm not I'm not that uh, much into making narrative games, so mm -hmm. it will always be like this thing where it's like creating a world where uh, players come together and find ways to to have fun. Uh, and I'd love to make another game uh, with Patrick. Now that you know, we've both know, like you said, yes, there's a big bug with Traceful, but hey, we made this game learning, uh, programming, and learning Unreal. So uh, yeah. it's definitely been like a super learning curve for us. Actually, but, yeah. another, another question comes to mind for you two working together. So I guess from my perspective, I've worked on channels with other people before. I wouldn't say that. I guess my point of view with that would be that there's egos in the room, there's different opinions in the room, there's things you have to take into account when you're, I, especially with people that, family especially, because I've had previous channels with my brother and then I've also worked in teams of different people. So there's a very different dynamic between those two elements, right? So if you're working with a group of colleagues, whether or as opposed to working with family, it's very different. So with that, kind of how did you guys approach that aspect of it? Is it something that you just rolled it with it and it wasn't a problem? Was it something that you gelled together really easily? Kind of what was that a dynamic between you two? If you want to touch on that. If not, I get it. I think that's 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 super interesting. And I think, you know, uh, this is one of the reasons why uh, we did this game. Because, like, Patrick was moving to the university. And that's... I live in Oslo. Uh, uh, but the university is in Trondheim, so it's quite a way off. Okay. You know, uh, I'm not the most uh, social... Like, none of us are, like, super good at always staying in touch and things like this. So it seemed like having project to do together would be a good way to make sure that we, we stick together uh, and do this thing. So it's been super nice uh, to uh, like uh, get to know my son in a different way uh, as, a, as a colleague uh, or the, the educator. Uh, and I know his strengths and weaknesses, so and that comes across also uh, when developing, mm -hmm. developing games. Uh, I guess for you, Patrick, it's been like with Corona and everything. So, uh, yeah, I guess if we lived together while doing the project, it would have been a lot uh, different. <laughs> like sitting at the dinner table uh, arguing about bugs. <laughs> <laughs> 
It as, also like it also helps that we're making a game about killing each other, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's funny. I guess I didn't I didn't think about that. You guys were you guys weren't making the game together. You guys were in separate areas during COVID. Yeah. Okay. So that's got to be a whole another dynamic there then. So COVID didn't really affect you guys, did it? In terms of development, it didn't like slow anything down or, or anything like that. Oh, if anything, I think it gave us more time. Like no. instead of going out, yeah, uh, we could just uh, develop. Yeah, and I think with developers, they, it went one of two ways: where it sped it up or it slowed it down really aggressively. So that, that's, and I guess for you guys, it's a duo team, so it's not as much logistics in it. But COVID really, really insanely impacted the industry in, in a lot of different ways. And of course, it, me and Progr Patrick programmed it, but we had like an artist that did all the art in the game. So we mm -hmm. uh, and there was also a musician that did okay. something, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, the music. So, uh, but yeah, we were a distributed team, mm. so it it was easier for us uh, with COVID. Uh, but yeah, like Saint Patrick just moved up to Trondheim, and then suddenly COVID uh, COVID happened, yeah. and then instead of being like starting your social. Uh, life at Lune, you're supposed to you're locked down. I think uh, yeah. having that social element of developing a game together with me and together with you, Joachim and Eirik, kind of gave some of the uh, yeah, some, some of the social element that you were denied by COVID. Last question, and then I'll, I promise, and then I'll let no, you, you guys... Said, you said last questions a lot, but you have interesting I know. questions. I know. Keep them <laughs> For me, you know, with the questionnaire, I kind of, I use the questionnaire as a baseline, and then I kind of branch from there, and usually the last, like, 10, 15 minutes of my interview is me saying last question over and over and over again. <laughs> so, That's yeah. funny. It just kind of is one of my bad habits that I guess I need to break. Maybe just stop saying that in total, and then surprise you guys when it's the end. Maybe that's the best <laughs> approach. Um, but with, so this one's kind of a layered question. And I think f for both of you, one of you is just entering development and one of you has been in it for a little bit. So it's kind of interesting to get two perspectives on this one in indie development as a whole, right? There's a lot of good aspects to it. You know, there's more exposure than ever at this point. I think it's easier to make a game at this point than it was. You have more access to different assets to make your games which is great but with that in mind there's also some negative aspects of the industry with i mean that's just something you can't avoid i think there's you know problems with financing with some developers there have been some developers who have had the misfortune of being taken advantage of by their publishers there's kind of some player toxicity with certain games and certain teams and then there's even some teams that have toxicity within their within their own studios and obviously that's not something you guys have to worry about but for you specifically for both of you specifically what's something and this is kind of like you know if you had three wishes with the genie you know it's it's there's a lot of layers to this and it's not something that can be fixed immediately but if you could fix something within the industry or change it what exactly would that be because like i'm <laughs> i'm a awful glasses half full kind of guy mm. so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm more like yeah there's toxicity there's toxicity uh, and you know that's that's a big problem but as doing like a smaller game as a more indie developer I'm surprised by the amount of love uh, like the amount of uh, people in the community that mm. really like your game to help you out with it and, uh, and really care uh, and, and I think it's yeah there's there's a lot of uh, focus on like the, the negative aspects of it but uh, there's so much uh, 
positivity and love in the industry and willingness to help each other and all these kinds of things. So I, when you say like to me, what could you fix? Uh, yeah, I, I don't typically <laughs> start start with the with the negative, but obviously there is problem problems with uh, with uh, toxicity. We we have had uh, issues with that in our game. In terms of like uh, in the development, I think uh, the industry has improved a lot in making mm. sure that people are elevated and shown. And uh, you see, I think you know at last uh, not E3 events really seen that you know some of the more interesting things are are uh, in the developers so i think we've been good at uh, fixing those issues mm -hmm. i remember like well, back in the days it was like when you made a game you had like a minimum amount of uh, of uh, game uh, copies that you would sell yeah like I could get, if i could make any wish that would be my wish that you know, everyone that delivered a quality game would see like they wouldn't have to be like notch type of rich but that they at least got a few everyone got at least a few thousand in sale that would be i'd spend my one wish on that because there's so many fantastic great games out there that don't get the audience and the attention that they deserve so i'll spend one wish on that uh, you can get the second wish patrick <laughs> yeah so it's hard to say what uh, my wish would be I think uh, it's two sides. On one side, uh, it's a good thing that uh, indie developers are elevated and it's easier to make games. Uh, so as a result of that, there are a lot more games out there now. So that's the bad side to this. It's uh, really competitive. I can't really wish for uh, less uh, competitive market either because uh, having a competitive market just pushes out more good games. Yeah, and that's kind of the, the other side of that coin because I've I've heard that with developers before, where they'll say it's a very competitive market, and usually they follow up with the exact same thing you said, where it's, you know, that makes it better, that makes, you know, it more competitive, they push out better and better titles, and it's just, it makes the industry thrive even more. So I, I completely agree with that as well. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that back in the day you had to sell X amount of copies. I'd never heard that before. That's interesting. Yeah, because like you had distribution deals, right? Yeah. So the distributor would pick up, uh, pick up, uh, yeah, like you wouldn't make a game if you didn't get it distributed and if you mm -hmm. got it distributed. Uh, like sometimes they would buy a bunch of copies, but usually you would always sell quite a bit. Gotcha. At least in Germany, <laughs> like that, that was the joke. Like no matter what you make, it will sell at least 10,000 copies in Germany. Uh, <laughs> I've never heard so, of that. That's cool. Uh, and that's probably still an element of full AAA. It's just not something that's involved in indie. So I guess that does make a lot of sense.